Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. I am your host, Marcus Engel. This is the podcast where I teach compassionate communication, provide perspective, and inspire resilience. And today I have in the studio with me the lovely and talented Hotness. Hi. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good, good. So today, um, today I was thinking about great separators of people. Do you know what I mean by that? Um, I have a few ways that could go, so okay. tell me what you mean. So I, I kind of like those questions that are get-to-know-you sort of questions, see where people's values and personalities are. Um, it's those questions like, hey, Beatles or the Stones? Okay. Which one? Beatles or the Stones? Right? Beach or mountain? Mm-hmm. Veronica or Betty? <laughs> <laughs> right? So I love the, I love those kinds of questions, uh, you know, because because it does make you make a choice. And by the way, I, I fall solidly on the sides of the stones and of the beach, as opposed to the Beatles in the mountain. The stones on the beach is for me. Uh, Veronica or Betty? Honestly, I'm not that big of a comic book fan, so I don't even know or care. <laughs> <laughs> but I find like there's the there's another uh, thing that's a that's a great separator of people, and this is the idea of people singing happy birthday to you in a restaurant. Ooh. Uh, that's kind of my opinion, too. Ooh, They're not. I don't <laughs> like it. Right. Some people love to have happy birthday sung to them at a restaurant. Some yes. people are so excited when you're at a, at a Mexican restaurant for your birthday and people come around in sombreros and with guitars mm-hmm. and mariachi mm-hmm. trumpets and they Sing happy yes, birthday yes. and make a big... Do you like that? No, we have children that do that. No, I grown know our kids. Grown-up children that love to do this. Yes. I'm not one of those people. In fact, if you want to see me dive under a table <laughs> at a restaurant, start singing happy birthday to me, make me the center of attention, and I will do everything in my power to get away from that attention. I don't necessarily like that. There's another question, though, that is brought up, and it's, uh, it's this idea of when you step into a room full of people, when you step into a room full of people, which one do you say or which one do you think? Do you think, here I am, or do you think, there you are, here I am versus there you are, here I am versus there you are. When we interact with other people, if we're thinking, here I am, that's rather self-centric, right? Right. We're thinking about ourselves and what can we get from this exchange, right? Whether it is attention or love or um, engagement, whatever that case is. The other side of that coin is stepping into a room full of people and saying, there you are. There you are, as in, I've been looking for you. You are important, and I have been searching you out. And when I think about our, our chosen uh, field of healthcare, I think the majority of healthcare professionals that I've ever come into contact with would step into a room and say, there you are, there you are. And when you're saying there you are, it is, it's, it's giving that attentiveness to another person. 
it's it's not self-centric it's it's what's the opposite of self-centric uh, other centric. Other centric. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the case. It's other centric, and and I I feel like so many healthcare professionals um, do that. They're they're there to serve. They have a servant's heart, and I personally find people with a servant's heart to be some of my favorite people. Um, I love it when people have a a desire and a mission to do good in this world, to ease the suffering of other human beings. I find that so noble, so respectable, uh, so admirable. We have the opportunity to start to become more of that servant leader, right? We have that opportunity to engage with people where they are, to sit with them in their suffering and it's really hard to sit with another human being and their suffering if we're constantly focusing on ourselves. If we're thinking, here I am, then we can't be looking around as much for the people who are hurting. And I want to look for those people. I want to be that kind of servant leader that, that provides comfort and care and compassion to those who are hurting. I know you are that person already. It's the kind of person I strive to be. Mm -hmm. I, yes, I think that, that, do you think we're naturally that way? Do you think we can become that way? I think you're naturally that way. I think I might not necessarily be naturally that way. But I think that once we understand a concept once we even recognize what we're doing, we have the ability to change. There's no doubt. And there's nothing wrong with saying, there, if you walk into a room and say, here I am, I don't think they're, I'm not saying there's anything bad about those folks. Um, no, I we think certain, we need those folks, Absolutely. Right? We need those people who are, uh, who are the life of the party, yeah. who uh, are lead from the front kind of people. Um, I just, I'd rather hang with the servant leaders. I'd rather be around those who are, are giving attention to, to the suffering, the downtrodden, uh, those who see that their work in life is to help other people. And, and I, I do believe that we can become um, more that way. I don't think any of us are absolutely, I think psychology will also tell us that none of us are absolutely set in the personality that we have. We all have the ability to change. We all have the ability to grow and advance and evolve. We all have that ability, but it has to start with awareness and it has to start with intention. Who do I want to be? Who am I and who do I want to be? I think those are uh, some pretty fundamental questions that as human beings, we should always be asking ourselves. Who am I and who do I want to be? I'm, I'm wondering too if, if perhaps it's something that um, we need to uh, be enough aware of that we can slip in and out of roles depending on situations. Boy, and those people who can slip in and out of roles based on the needs of the group at that time, I mean, this is Sociology 101. Right. This is somebody who has a great grasp. That person already has a servant's heart because they are aware, they are intentional about reading the room. 
right? We, we often talk about that. What's your read on the room? And I, I ask you that question frequently whenever we are, whether it's a business environment, if it's a, it's a party, if it's a business luncheon, if it's a conference, whatever. I ask you that question a lot because I realize that, that my interpretation of events is often incorrect. And I, I'd like to think that that is all because I am not looking around and interpreting those events through the eyes and through my brain. I'm only doing it through my ears. But the truth of the matter is I'm just more than a little oblivious. And so I know that about myself and I, I, I very much appreciate it whenever I can turn to you and say, what's your read on the room here? What's going on? What's the overall sense of what is happening? Look around the room. Is the, Are the people that are in this room, how are they feeling right now? Are they tired? Am I giving a keynote speech right after lunch and everybody's tired? Is it first thing in the morning and half of my audience is coming off of night shift, so they're dragging? Um, is it it... Uh, in the evening and people are looking and uh, to an event like a like a rock concert what is the read on the room I, I very much believe that when we are actively present and witnessing the 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 attitudes the emotions um, the things about the people around us we're so much more in touch with our humanity and that gives us the ability to be present I, I love what you just said there. You know, we all know that different people have different natural layers of intuitiveness, right? Some people are just born more intuitive than other people, would you say? I would say that. But I have come to realize that a big portion of being intuitive is to just stop and pay attention and to not be in your own way. That as long as you are uh, being very egocentric or you're just having your own feelings about something, you're not going to be intuitive. Yeah, I often find too that maybe it's a self-protective mode that people don't want to be open to witnessing the suffering of another, because that might mean that they have to do something about it, Ooh. right? That might Ooh. mean we have to do something about it. I might actually have to have some empathy, or I might have to um, help another person. I might actually have to reach into my wallet and pull out some money. Um, there's all kinds of those things. Your intuitiveness has helped train me to be a more compassionate person, to be a better listener, uh, to not be so egocentric and self-centric, and to really look around. I, I learned this many, many moons ago about you. I, I know that when, I love telling the story that when we were living in New York, um, I got used to uh, you and I would be walking down the street and I don't know, once a week, twice a week, you'd say, stay right here. And I would freeze in place and you would leave. And I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going, but I knew it was important for you to go there right then. And what seemed like it happened more often than not is that you would see someone who was struggling and you would go help that person. 
And I know that we, you, you, you did this several times with women who had dropped things off of baby strollers. Um, I know that you did this uh, many times with people uh, experiencing homelessness, going up and, and, and talking to a person or, or helping in some way, even stepping into a restaurant, grabbing a meal and bringing it back out for somebody who's on the street. Um, that type of ability to look around and see that suffering of another person, uh, having it move inside your soul, inside of who you are, and then actually acting upon that, that is, that's the definition of compassion. And I know that comes a little more easily to you than it does to me, but I believe we can teach compassion. That's what this whole podcast is about, right? Providing perspective. When we have a greater perspective, we have a greater capacity to be compassionate. We have a greater capacity to see the suffering of another person and then act accordingly to that. I can't say that I am extremely intuitive or that that I am always very in touch. I think there's many times that I, like a lot of people, I get lost in my own head. I get, I get sidetracked by whatever I'm doing or going through at that moment. And it doesn't always come off as the most empathetic and, and compassionate, but it's who I want to be and it's who I keep striving to be. When we stop trying to be better, when we stop looking at ourselves with an objective eye towards improvement, I feel like that's when, that's when we're stuck. That's when we're stuck. And I don't ever want to be stuck. I am, I'm just so excited that after 14 years of relationship, 15 years of relationship and being married, um, that you've taught me a lot about how to be a better person and how to get out of my own way and how to, how to help those who are suffering. <laughs> you're, you're, you're making me blush so much. And, and I, I feel very much like, like I have to say, there's so many ways that, that we help people, um, around us, uh, without ever it being a big deal without right? it being a big it, deal the bigger deal you make of it the the less i don't know what's the word sacred sacred the less sacred, sacred, it, can <laughs> the less sacred and, it can be right and um and so many times it is a smile or an ear to listen or eye contact to feel like you know you're human and i see you just recognizing the humanity of another just looking in somebody else's eyes, spending that, oftentimes it's probably less than two seconds, acknowledging the shared humanity of another person. Absolutely. I do believe, I very much believe that. And um, I very much believe that. And you've taught me to do it. Thank and you. Thank you. And thank you, because if you related to this idea, if you're the kind of person who steps into a room and says, there you are, if you are the person with the servant's heart, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being an example to me to try to be more like you.
I want to thank everyone for joining us today for this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. This is the podcast where I teach compassionate communication, provide perspective, and inspire resilience. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed, rated, or reviewed the podcast. We very much appreciate your support. Uh, We'll see you next time on the next episode.